even though we do this every single week pretty much i love how we still waste two hours doing everything (laughs) i know i know i like woke up and i got your text message i was like okay well let me go eat some breakfast and then we'll just (laughs) we'll get on and we'll be done by noon or whatever meanwhile we're still here at 10 30 haven't done shit how we do professional (laughs) we're bffs that's the problem that's that's the fatal flaw in this business model friendship the friendship Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Blair. And I'm Kirsten, and we are Mediocre Content. And I'm just going to give us a plug right this moment, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so as many of you may or may not know, so that's a lot of you in that context, um, we've started streaming, okay? Yeah, we have. It's fun. I'm so glad that you think that it's fun. I was, I, I'm so glad that it turned to be a good, good experience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was super fun. Um, however, that means people or person, I don't really know how many people listen anymore, but if you still do and you're interested, you can actually interact with us over there, uh, on Twitch. Uh, we stream every other Thursday because, you know, life, uh, and Mm -hmm. time, uh, but Check our schedule, go on to Twitch. It's Mediocre Content Podcast, just like it is pretty much everywhere else. And you can look us up on Twitch. Our offline message has when we are going to be streaming so you can catch up and figure it out and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, all of the details. But we'd love to have you over there. We'd love to talk to you uh, in real time. <laughs> so. And so by the time this episode airs, we right. will be streaming. Well, this episode will come out on Tuesday, the 13th of right. june and we will stream on the 15th right. so if you like this episode and want to ask us questions about it come hang out and on stream on thursday we'd love to have you drop us a drop us a follow so you get the notifications and there's also a link to our discord on the about section of our twitch page that way you get all the live updates and uh announcements that we may have to put out from time to time shameless self-plug i just wanted to put it out there immediately no that's perfect and like i still am trying to figure out how to use the discord so if so if you're not a discord like pro it's fine because i don't know what i'm doing kirsten is the the one handling that so i have like just about as much experience as you do yeah yeah Anyway, it's all set up and ready to go. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Hashtag professional. Absolutely. Just like this, right? We are our own IT department, honestly. <laughs> our own sponsors, our own IT department. Yeah. Um, also, during our first stream, which was last week, mm-hmm. um, we discussed with everybody uh, merch. So actually, we'd love to know feedback on that so if anybody is interested in mcp merch or you would be interested in mcp merch also kind of let us know we're not thinking of doing this immediately i know i was gonna say it's a little early like only like two people listen to this and right (laughs) so we had five people on stream so it's a little early it's not something that we're anticipating doing right this moment however it did come up in the live stream so we wanted to make sure to make a point if you're ever interested, we already kind of have ideas on paper of something that could or could be potentially an option. So send us messages. We'd love to know. 
Yeah, we'd love to know. And that's all I have. Shameless. I love it. No, that's good. We need to get that out because I couldn't keep in the wonderful experience of the Twitch stream (laughs) on this pod. So, and it works out because two days from now, when you guys are hearing this, we'll Mm -hmm. be streaming. So it's fun. Oh, right. Uh, 6 p.m. EST, 3 p.m. PST. I don't know if I said that or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just capitalize on it. Yeah. And we're usually like, I know our episodes are usually about an hour, but like sometimes like the last stream was almost two hours, I think. Mm-hmm. So it takes a little bit longer because we're like, you know, interacting and just goofing off in general. So Fun. come hang out. It'll be a good time. If you don't get there right at, you know, three or six, depending on where you are or like some other unknown time frame yeah. that you might be in. Right. Um, Then just know that we'll probably still be there when you get around to it. So, and we're going to try and record them and put them on YouTube. Maybe last time it didn't really work out, but we're going to try and fix that. So, yeah, that was completely my bad, which is a shame because on my own channel, I made the same mistake, figured out what the mistake was and then decided to do it again. So (laughs) so here we are. (laughs) Professional. (laughs) Totally. Okay. Totally fine. We are our own IT department. So really we just have to reconcile that with ourselves reprimand ourselves for our mistake and then move on it's great <laughs> we are our own hr department as well so we've really we've got are it you nailed down indicating that i am both my problem and my solution that is correct <laughs> oh perfect yes. that is correct <laughs> anyways all right uh, disclaimer away disclaimer <laughs> so um this lovely episode is going to be another one about planets so nasa will be a big influence on right. this but you know, we don't know everything. This information by the time you by the time you listen to this podcast, which could be many, many moons from now. <laughs> um <Nice>. you <laughs> I appreciated that. I didn't even do that on purpose. It just this, kind of like came out. Beautiful. Um so you know it this information is subject to change. We don't know everything. You know, we did not go to school for this. This is not something, this is just a topic that we're interested in. We hope you're interested in too. So, um, we encourage you to, you know, fact check us and do your own research and have a great time. And this will be a fun episode. So with that, I'm going to take us into the good news. Let's go. I have two lovely stories for you guys this week. Um, So the first one is my favorite one, and it is a 72-year-old lady married herself, and it's a vibe. That's what I called it. (laughs) Awesome. What the heck? So her name is Dorothy. She goes by Dottie, which is so cute. Um, And she walked down the aisle this past weekend to celebrate her love for someone who has been there for her through thick and thin, a.k.a. herself. A vibe. Sticking cute. <laughs> so, um, she is. Oh, she's seventy-two. I said, or seventy-seven. I thought she was seventy-two. My bad. Even more. Um. So she's seventy-seven and a resident of the O'Bannon Terrace Retirement Community in Goshen, Ohio. And if that's not the most Ohio-sounding town, honestly, ever, it is um, the most Ohio-sounding town. As right. someone who's been to Ohio, <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Um, so she lives there and she married herself on May 13th in an emotional and symbolic ceremony surrounded by her neighbors, friends, and family. Hmm. 
And a quote from her from the article, she says, you know what? I've done everything else. Why not? I'm going to go marry myself. What a beautiful thing. Beautiful. Was she married she previously? Asked, like we'll get there. So- okay. We'll get there. I have the tea. So I have the curious. tea. Don't worry. Um, so the property manager of the retirement home performed the ceremony. Oh. And as soon as she, like she said, she told the property manager like what she wanted to do. He was so excited and jumped at the chance to honor her who because she has always brought so much joy to everyone else in the retirement home, which so is so precious. beautiful. Um, Her daughter, Donna, also loved the idea of throwing her mother a solo wedding and did all the cooking and decorated the community room for the, of the retirement home. They did a balloon arch and there was a two-tiered cake with, it was white cake decorated with red roses. And there was heart-shaped cookies and finger sandwiches in the shape of wedding bells. I feel like her solo wedding is rivaling my real wedding. I know. I know. <laughs> Retirement home version. <laughs> so she she wore a white dress with sheer long sleeves and floral detailing, as well as a silver belt and a veil with an embellished headband. Let's see. Very nice. So she was married in 1965, but never had a formal wedding. She said her and her ex-husband exchanged vows at the Justice of the Peace. And then right after the ceremony, he went to work and she went home. She also wore a black dress on this day, which just she admitted basically meant they were doomed from the start. Holy cow. And notice that she didn't say former or uh, what's the what's the word when they like pass or whatever oh yeah i know it's x right (laughs) you know exactly yeah so uh anyway she always wished she could have a big wedding but thought that it was too late for her um and she couldn't so and obviously that's not true her daughter made things happen and she couldn't thank her daughter enough for making her dreams come true she's overcome a lot in her life she used um she taught herself how to read a few years ago so she did not know how to read until she was like, what, 74? Wow. So after a lifetime devoted to others, she's focusing on cherishing herself and pursuing her own dreams. Um, so, yeah, she says, I'm at the point of my I'm at the point in my life where it's about me now. My kids are all good. My grandkids, one of them's about to have a baby. And I've and I have. A set of triplets that all graduated from college. So it's my turn to do what I want to do. That's kind of sad and happy at the same time. We applaud. We We applaud. applaud. Yes. We applaud a queen. Wow. What a freaking story. I know. I love that. It was so beautiful. I, she, you know what? It, ladies, it is never too late to prioritize yourself. Never. Absolutely. Self care is so important. And I think it's Mm -hmm. slept on even now when it's like, a mainstream word that people say yeah. like oh it's self-care no it really is yeah <laughs> like, you like you take care of yourself take care of yourself focus on you take time for you it's important don't wait until you're is... 77 to have your solo wedding exactly if you want it <laughs> take it <laughs> that's it that's it all right so this is another lovely story um oh okay i see where i got the 72 from okay so basically this is what i i called this article Old guy graduates from college, proving it's never too old. You're never too old to learn something. Fair. Okay. So more than 50 years after graduating high school, a 72-year-old recently earned an undergraduate degree and turned his tassel. 
On May 11th, Sam Kaplan became the first of his seven siblings to earn a bachelor's degree after receiving his diploma in cinema and media arts from Georgia Gwinnett College in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Hmm. According to the local NBC station, Kaplan's 99-year-old mother cheered on her son from the crowd as he tossed as he crossed the stage for his graduation ceremony. She last saw her son in an academic setting in 1969 when he graduated high school. In the decades after Kaplan crisscrossed careers, according to his college's news release, he ran a cleaning service, a telemarketing company, also worked as a taxi driver and in customer service for electronic wholesale, wholesale distribution. Man of many trades. Indeed. Kaplan's college also revealed that the septuagenarian, septuagenarian That's a hard decided word. to enroll in school again for the first time uh, when he was 68 years old. Wow. Apparently, he was like driving down the road and saw that they were offering a degree like on a billboard or something mm -hmm. and basically just signed up that day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> talk about spur of the moment <laughs> right awesome despite his maturity jumping back into the classroom setting after so many decades wasn't necessarily like riding a bicycle Fair. the father of five had to learn how to study all over again and in the early days of becoming a student felt the jitters of fitting in with his classmates Aww. um students that were 50 years his senior <laughs> or 50 years his junior i think is the his correct junior yeah he's yeah. 50 years their senior yeah that's incredible. To make the leap, Kaplan set out to meet a daily quota. Every day, he would approach a new student with the intention of learning something more about their academic goals and dreams for the future. That's, oh my gosh. The associate professor of film at Georgia Gwinnett College taught Kaplan for some of his classes and expressed her excitement for his academic achievements. Quote, Sam was always willing to share photos and stories about his interesting life and his family. We're so proud to see him graduate and we will miss him. No doubt Kaplan has left a mark on his college. In the video of the ceremony, the applause from his graduating class swelled to a high level as he received his diploma with a proud smile. That is literally the cutest thing I've ever seen. And heard. I know. <laughs> Isn't it so cute? I love stories like that. And also it's completely true. You even with the previous good news, like with a sweet little old lady who's doing her solo wedding, like, y'all, mm -hmm. it is never too late to prioritize yourself. And it's never too late to pivot. Like, do right. what you want to do. Yes. Like, don't feel like you can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. Like, no, right. you can. Don't feel it's trapped. okay. This is a yeah. free world simulation. You can change course at any time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love those. But I'm, I'm also super happy. Not that I don't love science or anything, but I'm also super excited to see non-science good news, I guess. I would, to ourselves. I would just like to tell you that I am making a valiant effort to not make anything that I'm doing for this podcast about science because you bring so much science so to the table. Sorry. And we know, but we love that about you. Uh, we love that you are our science queen. Oh. Um. But we, I need to, I need to create balance in the force. You know no, what I mean? I need that force. It's yeah. beautiful. I feel yeah. like Miss Frizzle every time we pop in here. You, you low key <laughs> are my dude. I saw, I saw, I saw a thing the other day on Instagram, I think. And it was like, what if that stomach pain was Miss Frizzle bumping up against your colon? Bro, <laughs> Miss like, Frizzle, oh my God. Here. <laughs> 
you do wild. think about it oh god uh okay well instead of a school bus we're gonna take a magic spaceship and we're gonna head out into the galaxy i love that we're on jupiter now because right? i feel like jupiter is like a main character planet honestly they kind of are and also jupiter uh not to get uh astrological but jupiter is my planet uh as a sagittarian so this is super close to home for me now i need to know what my planet is hold on one minute. what's my planet <laughs> captain planet he's a hero <laughs> oh my god what was it? something Felicia childhood memory around? unlocked oh my it's god Grizzle to captain planet <laughs> science now you know the cartoons i was watching (laughs) she was she (laughs) yes i was on the science scene so early it started yeah you started young in your science journey i did have my first grade teacher though did like have to tell me like why don't you check out some books that are not nonfiction? and i was like ma'am i like the frog books i don't know what to tell you excuse me i'm here for the facts (laughs) she's like why don't you try checking out something that's a little bit not science and i was like yes ma'am i'll try i don't want to sit here with my imagination (laughs) okay so apparently my planet is the sun which that like makes sense because you're low a Leo. key yeah low key makes sense and leo's defining traits are everything revolves around me i guess i'll is... have to uh add the sun to our list then oh okay i'll add the sun we'll do it after we'll do all the planets earth is going to be the last one ironically and then we'll do the sun and then we'll close okay. it out this <laughs> sun a flaming gas ball <laughs> blair do you have something to tell me it's kind of topical because this is also a gas ball so we're going to talk about today. So we're both a little gassy. A lot of a lot of planets are gas balls, to be honest. <laughs> this is perfect. Does it smell in here? Or is it just Jupiter? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Nobody have any flaming hot Cheetos, okay? Oh god, those are my favorite. <laughs> so good. Anywho, meanwhile she has diverticulitis. <laughs> meanwhile, my gut is just going to explode. <laughs> it's topical. Um, besides my GI issues, however, uh, Jupiter is great. Okay. It's the fifth planet from the sun. Uh, and it is also by far the largest planet in our solar system. Now notice I said solar system. It is not the largest planet in every galaxy, but it is the biggest one that we are next to. So I feel like it's still appropriate to say. Question for those of us who are not as planet savvy. Mm-hmm. Do we know planets in other galaxies? So many. Okay. And that's, I figured that was the case, but I just so wanted many. to confirm. Also, um, I don't know if there's a way to search it, but I get a lot of uh, planet info on my TikTok, as you may guess. Um, and there's this one thing that shows comparisons um, up through a black hole in terms of size. And it will actually oh. show you some of the other planets that we've discovered that are Mm -hmm. significantly bigger even than our sun okay okay so scale they are huge well and i've seen some of those tiktoks where it's just like a constant zoom out of like earth to sun to universe to like whatever it's exactly wild it is wild so jupiter's huge it's about twice as massive as all of the other planets in our solar system combined uh, but it is not 
the biggest, which is horrifying existentially to think about. But we're not going <laughs> to think about it too hard. Um, I personally love to see things that are bigger than me because it makes me feel comfortable in the fact that I am not a significant part of this universe you're like oh i didn't get up before noon today it doesn't matter jupiter's the size of like three four planets in this solar yes. system <laughs> yes yeah comparison is wild yeah uh, okay the origin of jupiter's name is actually from the king of the ancient roman god jupiter so that's cool mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. just stole the name uh, distance from the sun, we're talking about 460 million miles, just about, or 741 kilometer, 741 million kilometers. I'm sorry, make sure. Just 741 right. kilometers. Just 741. Just 741. It's not that far, you guys. You could it's you really could like. We could, it, it takes a couple of days. It's fine. Yeah, just just cruise it on over. It's really um, not that far. It's one-way light time to the sun. Again, I say this every week. It's just how long it takes for the sun to reach the planet, so the light. Uh, It's about 41 minutes, so almost an hour before the sunlight will hit the planet. Hmm. It's interesting. You know, we talked about Venus and how it's spinning backwards. Jupiter is also a little bit different in that it's one day is about 10 hours, but its length of one year is 11 earth years insanely different i would say i would say <laughs> uh, definitely in earth days it's about four thousand earth days still huge Ugh. um like we were discussing it is a gas giant so instead of terrestrial which is what all the planets have been up through this point this is our first gassy planet so she a little smelly but that's okay uh, we're going to go over why that is. and Just what- to clarify, I don't think there's an actual smell. I just don't want anyone to think that. Like, <laughs> Jupiter <there's> actual- stinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not physically smelly. I just want to make sure everyone's on the same page there. <laughs> there's not like Earth is standing next to it going, oh, gross. Girl, take some gas X. <laughs> it's not like that at all. It's like a whole, there's a whole reason. Okay. Yeah. She's mostly gas and liquid, which is what people would say about me as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is also the first planet we've encountered that has rings. Um, We discussed with Mars that eventually at some point Mars may have rings due to Phobos smashing into it dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, But this kind of already happened to Jupiter. So discovered in 1979 by nasa's voyager 1 which is a spacecraft that we threw out into the universe jupiter's rings were a surprise they are composed of small dark particles and are difficult to see except when they're backlit by the sun uh data from the galileo spacecraft indicated that jupiter's rings may be formed by dust kicked up by interplanetary meteor meteoroids smashing into the giant planet's innermost moons so we were also about to talk about how insane jupiter's moons are as well if you thought the ring was a surprise imagine it's 80 moons just kind 80. of 80 <laughs> some of them don't even have names this is insanity to me so um like I wonder, Mars. Yep. Sorry. No, you're I fine. wonder what the criteria for like I guess if yeah. you're if it's a moon, that means it's rotating around the planet. Right. Consistently. Because like right. technically a moon is just a large chunk of rock. Right. It's, yeah, it's orbiting or, around 
instead of I think ring is just kind of like suspended okay around is my I don't know if that's the real definition and I also don't know if there's like a size like it has to be of a certain size and orbiting to be considered a moon um whatever the criteria 80 of them met it yeah (laughs) I just I'm curious because like what differentiates like a large chunk Mm -hmm. of rock from a moon and like why do they get preference i don't know but anyway anyway something to research though it's a fair question uh of those 80 there are four large ones that are considered the main ones the Um, main host (laughs) right (laughs) um i don't know if i'm going to pronounce the first one correctly it's literally io like i o Ow. Ow. <laughs> so ow, I don't know. Uh Europa, uh Gan- Ganymede and Callisto. Hmm. And Jupiter forms its kind of own miniature solar system as a result. So it's kind of like a planet with a solar system in the so- it's a solar system section. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, there are 57 moons that have been given official names, even though we didn't just list them. There's, I'm not going to list all of them, the four main ones you've been provided. So enjoy. Um, however, uh, there's also obviously 23 who are now awaiting names. So sounds like they're in progress. It's still happening. And this is done by the International Astronomical Union because they, nomical is naming. So they just, they name everything. (laughs) Astronomical astronomical the largest four moons were first observed by astronomer astronomer god astronomer yeah uh galileo (laughs) galilee which we've heard that name before on the pod when this series Uh, and this was in 1610 so just kind of let that sink in uh using an early version of the telescope these four moons are known today as the galilean satellites and they're some of the most fascinating destinations in the solar system for these reasons so io is the most volcanically active body in the entire solar system and it's just a moon rolling around jupiter uh ganymede is the largest moon in the solar system so comparative to even planet mercury it is the largest moon okay i have big thoughts Ooh, so okay ready so ganymede is the largest moon and it's bigger than mercury mm-hmm. but then does that but it's not a planet Correct. so then what is pluto why is pluto like in comparison to to that like what why is pluto a dwarf planet that doesn't because make sense because i think I don't know the sizes compare like Mercury, Pluto, and then this moon, mm-hmm. but my gathering thought, my initial thought is because instead of Ganymede orbiting the sun as yeah. its own entity, it's orbiting another planet within the system. All right. Which is a little That's bit fine. different. You know what I mean? I I was about to get really upset, but I think you're right. <laughs> I think it's because it's not orbiting the sun. It's not orbiting. Yeah. It's not orbiting a central star like Pluto uh, yes. is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's okay. what I would say. Um, no, that makes sense. Okay. Right. <laughs> Don't get up. It's okay. <laughs> I got you. I just, you know, the the whole Pluto being a dwarf planet, it's a sensitive subject. It I, is sensitive. You know? And don't worry, listen, we are still talking about Pluto. It is still a millennial planet. Okay. It is. So I learned it in sixth grade. It's a planet. Then it, and it is forever. 
uh okay callisto um very few small craters indicate a small degree of current surface activity insanity uh and then a liquid water ocean with the ingredients for life may lie beneath the frozen crust of europa making it a tempting place to explore so these moons are huge in terms of size but also huge in terms of possibility of exploration and the potential for what we might find on there is pretty interesting um obviously we haven't done a whole lot we don't know everything there is to know like we did in the mars series but it's promising um there are a couple problems with trying to explore Jupiter, and we're going to talk about that in the what he looked like section. Uh, what he looked like, though. What he looked like, though. <laughs> um, as always, we're going to start with the radius. Just times it by two if you want the dang diameter. I say it every time. Uh, that's about 43,000 miles or 69,000 kilometers, which is 11 times wider than Earth, for reference. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as its rotation slash orbit, its equator is kind of tilted with respect to its orbital path around the sun by just three degrees, which means that Jupiter spins almost completely upright and does not have seasons as nearly as extreme as some of our other planets that we've explored do. That's good. So again, the tilt has a lot to do with seasonality, and that's why we have all the amazing ones that we do in certain parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Structure-wise, Jupiter doesn't really have a surface, um, and this is why it's considered a gas giant. It is mostly gases and liquids. You will see the swirls and stripes across Jupiter. If you look at any of the photographs, it has like bands kind of going around it. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's actually cold, windy clouds made of ammonia and water that are floating in an atmosphere of hydrogen and helium. It also has something quite iconic about it called the Great Red Spot, which is just a giant storm bigger than the planet Earth. And it has been raging on planet Jupiter for hundreds of years. And it is something that is still like we're we know some things about it, but it's still kind of a a mystery. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about it when we get to the weather part of this. (laughs) Wow. Um, surface temperature can be negative 160 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, at the actual kind of surface, but again, it doesn't really have one. Um, it's about 110 degrees negative. So it's chilly. It is quite chilly. Um, deep in the atmosphere, pressure and temperature will start to increase, which compresses that hydrogen gas into the liquid that we were talking about. Uh, this gives Jupiter the largest ocean in the solar system. An ocean made of hydrogen, though, not water, which is not great for for human life, if I had to say. I don't like that. <laughs> Liquid Mm-mm. hydrogen ocean. <laughs> How neat. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 <laughs> Potential <Yikes>. life. <laughs> we'll talk about that too. Um, scientists think that at depths, perhaps halfway to the planet's center, the pressure becomes so great that electrons are squeezed off the hydrogen atoms, making the liquid electrically conducting like metal. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> Everything Your face I know saying, is a lie. What like, do what? you mean? <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's just the, crisis. thinking of hydrogen in its yes. liquid form also being like metal in a conductive aspect is yeah crazy pants 
I it gets worse. Um, keep going. <laughs> Strap in. Put them crazy pants right back on. <laughs> Jupiter's fast rotation is thought to drive electrical currents in that region, generating the planet's most powerful magnetosphere, also known as Jupiter's magnetosphere. It's so large that it's just called Jupiter's. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Uh, which is great time because that means we have no idea what's really deeper down because we don't have any space equipment as far as I that know can at this get moment through that the can magnetic that. field yeah. that wow. is so dense <laughs> with electrolyzed hydrogen water. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we can live there. That's totally acceptable. <laughs> I, I Are don't you okay? know. I. I'm like trying to think on like how we could potentially like capitalize on the magnetic field because Fair. I think that there's like potential yeah. to like use that resource for something, mm -hmm. but I don't really, I mean, sorry, my cat, Jinxie, do you want a podcast? He's like, you seem a little stressed. I <laughs> said <laughs> you needed me. <laughs> Asking that shut up here. Um, no, that's a fair point. I don't, at some point, it's just getting information, but I agree that if there's a way, I feel like we're smart enough to find it, especially since yeah. we already know clearly how it works to a point. Like we know what's yeah. happening scientifically and chemically, uh, which exactly. I think is a feat in and of itself, honestly, with all that chaos going on. Um, however, it is still so unclear what is deeper down into this magnetosphere because again we don't it doesn't even have like a true surface to it mm -hmm. in the physical sense uh but we do believe that jupiter has a central core of solid material or it could be a thick kind of uh hot dense jupiter soup is what they're describing it as cute yeah um Good soup, as Good they soup. say on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, we just discussed the surf quote surface temperature of being in the negative like 160 degree Fahrenheit range. Mm -hmm. um, that core, that solid soupy material could be upwards of 90,000 degree Fahrenheit in the positive. Mode, mostly made of iron and silicate materials that are a little bit like quartz in their structure. So got that really stinking chilly cold magnetosphere happening uh around the hydrogen water and then that core is just like molten quartz soup interesting <laughs> great so it's basically just like a gassy ball it is it, it's, it's exactly what it is <laughs> a gassy ball of with magnets. some lava some like some some what is it uh chocolate lava in the middle <laughs> yeah <laughs> good soup <laughs> Good soup. Uh, okay. I promised weather. I'm here with the weather. Back to we Kirsten love... with the weather. Back to Kirsten with the weather. <laughs> uh, okay. We're going to talk about weather and zones. Um, as you might imagine, then, uh, Jupiter is kind of stormy and it has tons of really prevailing winds across the planet that can reach upwards of 335 miles an hour. Uh, and this is about 539 kilometers per hour. And this is mostly centralized at Jupiter's equator. 
Uh, as we discussed, the great red spot is kind of a big deal in all of this. Because, oh, yeah, that is yeah, a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, it has a depth of about 300 miles or 500 kilometers, which is below the cloud tops that you'll see around the planet. And more recently, there is thought to be smaller, three of them, three small ovals merged to form the little red spot, which is about half the size of its larger cousin. So there's more forming. <laughs> which is interesting. Um, finding from NASA's Juno probe released in October of 2021 provide a fuller picture of kind of what's going on below the clouds. Data from Juno shows that Jupiter's cyclones, take the moment to think about what a cyclone is, uh, are warmer on top with lower atmospheric densities while they are colder at the bottom with obviously then higher atmospheric densities. Not to be confused with cyclopses, which is very no, different. Very different thing. There are no cyclopses on Jupiter, as far as we know. <laughs> <laughs> However, counterly, there's also anti-cyclones swirling around Jupiter, which is the exact opposite of all of that. So opposite rotation, colder at top, warmer at bottom, those kinds of things. So they have mm -hmm. both, which either way, not a great thing. Right. Uh, the findings also indicate that these storms are far taller than expected. Um, hmm. I'm not 100% sure how tall some of those like cloud walls and stuff can be. You know, when we see out west and stuff like that in the states where, you know, we've got these giant storms and tornado producing storms. Those cloud walls are miles high in some cases. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. take that information. Uh, some of the storms on Jupiter can extend up to 60 miles which is a hundred kilometers high but they are below the cloud tops and others including the great red spot can extend even more than that to 200 miles or 350 kilometers tall so that is huge that is massive yeah um, did you say 200 or 2000 200 oh okay yeah 200 got miles it. Yeah. got it uh, okay. This surprising discovery demonstrates that the vortices cover regions beyond those where water condenses and clouds form below the depth where sunlight warms the atmosphere. So there's a lot of information happening there. Basically, the storms are massive and we can see one of them quite clearly from where we are. <laughs> there's a lot happening. Yeah. Uh, okay. And kind of the last thing I want to touch on that's still related to those bands and like the red spot in the storms, belts and zones. So in addition to cyclones and anticyclones, Jupiter is known for having distinctive belts and zones. And these are the mm -hmm. white and reddish bands of clouds that wrap around the planet, again, that you're going to see. Uh, strong east to west winds moving in opposite directions will separate those bands. And Juno, again, that's that probe that was sent out October 2021, uh, mm -hmm. previously discovers that winds or jet streams can reach depths of about 2,000 miles, which is roughly 3,200 kilometers, and researchers are still trying to solve the mystery of how the jet streams themselves are forming. Uh, data collected by Juno during the multiple passes uh, reveal one possible clue, however, that the atmosphere's ammonia gas, which is also horrifying to think about, uh, travels up and down in remarkable alignment with the observed jet streams. Juno's data also shows that the belts and zones undergo a transition around 40 miles or 65 kilometers beneath Jupiter's water clouds, weird, and at shallow depths, Jupiter's belts are brighter in microwave light than the neighboring zones. And no, we're not putting Jupiter in the microwave as well. You don't have to worry. 
microwave is just the name of the actual wave. Only mercury Only in the microwave. Only mercury. <laughs> we can't handle another planet in the microwave. <laughs> Uh, but at deeper levels below the water clouds, the opposite is true, which reveals a similarity to our oceans, which is probably the most interesting fact out of that entire spiel. But I wanted to include it because in the second half, we're going to talk about briefly the potential for life, because as you can imagine, on Jupiter, at least not looking great. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing a lot of very familiar elements, I feel, yeah. but they're all like wrong. They're yeah. not... <laughs> Like hydrogen is liquid and it nobody wants that. And electric yeah. and <laughs> right. It's yeah. electric. Da, 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 da. Oh God. Not in a good way, that's for sure. Um, but we'll tackle all of that in the second half. Are you ready for a break? I definitely am ready for a break. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you in the second half, guys. Bye. Man, I'm glad this podcast is halfway over. Me too. I'm not sure I'm even going to make it through the second half at this rate. It's a good thing they call this mediocre content. That way the public knows what they're signing up for before they even start listening. I feel like the listener deserves a more direct warning about the true mediocrity of this podcast. Agree. Let's send them into the second half with a real disclaimer. Mediocre content is far more mediocre than you think. If you think that's what's good for you, you listen to your own risk and moderation. We, the husbands of the Mediocre Content Podcast hosts, do not recommend you listen to our wives week after week and instead suggest small regular doses of your mediocrity at any given time. We should know. We live with them. All Mediocre Content Podcast listening is at your own risk. Good luck. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to be talking about the potential for life on this electric planet. It's electric. Do, 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 do. Just carry that over. <laughs> like it. Okay. So I feel like the first half kind of answered the initial question. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, Jupiter has a lot going on, and obviously, environmentally wise, not that conducive for life as we currently know it. Not great. Not great. <laughs> Between the temperatures, the pressures, materials that characterize the planet in their extremist of states and their most volatile mm -hmm. uh, organisms can't really adapt to that. It's just to even extremophiles, which we've also talked about before. I forget what planet. Was it Venus? Um, I believe. Honestly, I think it was Mercury. Okay, maybe. So yeah. there are situations, right, where organisms, even on planet Earth or other planets called extremophiles, can live in some extreme conditions. Correct. Um, however, Jupiter is so unhinged that there's no chance for that. <laughs> it's just crazy. She is unhinged. However, while planet Jupiter is unlikely to have places for us to live on it, the same cannot be said for its moons because as we've already discussed at least two of them have potential uh the last two callisto and uh what was the other one again callisto <sighs> and uh europa okay yes europa those two have potential um and the evidence is just based on the vast ocean that's currently beneath Europa's icy crust um, could be supported. And then as far as Callisto, you know, we're still kind of looking into it. Again, we also don't know um, 
trajectory. So we talked about Mars and how Phobos is eventually at some point going to just collide dramatically with Mars, which is kind of a big deal if you ever did have life on there. So the Mm -hmm. other thing is how stable in orbit are these moons? Uh, Are they all on the same path? Is there a chance they'll ever collide? Because there's so many of them. And even though Jupiter is huge, it has a ring belt as well. So there's other kind of obstacles that you have to think about when you're considering how logical would it be, you know, based on these criteria and not just planet criteria, but it's movement criteria. Um. So that's kind of the spiel for potential for life. Jupiter, no. Moons, maybe. Not sure yet. Yeah. So my question, because you said Jupiter's year is like 11 Earth years, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're on the moon, if you're on one of their moons, right. it's probably going to be a lot. Like the just, it's I long. mean, I it's livable, right? Like right. they made blackout curtains and all that, but like. <laughs> You know, it's kind of right. I don't know. Yeah. As, in terms gonna... of like the circadian rhythm that humans naturally have, I feel like it's not, it's not going to be good. And yeah. you have to think that like split that in half and now you're behind with zero potential sunlight for an extended right. amount of time as well. Right. For 11 yeah. years. And 11 like the years. thing is, it's giving me interstellar vibes where they go <laughs> into the. They go into the hyperbaric chamber or whatever yeah. and like conserve themselves for 11 years and then they lose all this time on earth. And it's yep. just, it's, it's not, it's not giving. Same, same, but different. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same kind of concept. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Even on the moon, again, it, it all depends on that trajectory because while Jupiter is circle circulating at a certain rate, uh, how fast are the moons circulating around Jupiter? You right. know, there's there's not a whole lot of not that I'm aware of. There's not a lot of data on that. Um, yeah. So you're right. There's some <laughs> some uh, circadian rhythm issues. Indeed. Formation. So Jupiter took shape when the rest of the solar system formed about 4.5 billion years ago, and this is when gravity pulled that swirling gas and dust to become what it currently is, which is the gas giant. Uh, Jupiter took most of the mass left over after the formation of the sun, ending up with more than twice the combined material of the other bodies in the solar system. In fact, Jupiter has the same ingredients as the sun, but it just did not grow as massive enough to ignite like the sun did. So has all the properties it would need to essentially become its own sun, hence its own personal solar system. It just didn't evolve the same that our sun did. Yes. So- Got it. Could have had double sun, but that's fine. (laughs) Can you imagine? We'd be cooked. (laughs) Double suns. Isn't that, (laughs) is it two moons on Tatooine or two suns? I think it's two suns. It's like Star Wars. Oh, I don't know. You're asking the wrong girl. I know. I I'm I have my toe in some Star Wars things. Like I know what's going on. Get your toes out of Star Wars. They didn't ask for that. Feet picks. Anyway. Um, as you can imagine. Coming soon. Only no, fans. absolutely Feet not. Mediocre content feed pics. This is not the merch I was talking about. <laughs> absolutely not. And certainly not for free. Um, exploration. So Jupiter's difficult. Um, obviously, we've given you tons of reasons to not think otherwise. Uh, but we do want to kind of highlight a couple of significant events that have occurred 
uh, obviously, because they tell us what we currently know, and that's important. So, 1610, we've already talked about it. Galileo makes the first detailed observation of the planet in general. Still conceivably difficult for my mind to wrap around 1610, you know? And as far as planets and space goes, I guess. I, yeah, they I'll really be start. out here with some telescopes and just naming things. I don't really just for funsies, <sighs> you know, I'm thankful for them. And, you know, that's a good point. This is a little side tangent. So I apologize. I I don't like how a lot of um, in general, people assume that there's like inferiority with like older uh cultures when they're doing science and things like that and like what they're observing and things because a lot of our knowledge that we have was captured by them and calculated by them so also like just be mindful even though it's 1610 and it's hard to wrap even my mind around it these were extremely intelligent individuals who could get things down quite precisely in terms of mathematical equations and build things that were immense so inferior absolutely not um we just know more and I have think, more technology now well and i think a lot of times like they had the information they just yeah. interpreted it wrong because they didn't right. have the tools exactly. so it's not that they were wrong i mean it's sometimes they were wrong but yeah. yeah but but they like had the they were gathering the correct information i guess exactly they just didn't know what to do with it all the time and that's fair that's still you just that's licked my powerful. microphone by accident when Ew, I was talking. It was what? not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it tasted good. No. Gross. Hopefully nobody heard it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving uh, on. Moving on. Uh it's a big jump. So from 1610, we go to 1973. That's the next documentation of anything surrounding Jupiter. Also hard to conceive. Pioneer 10 becomes the first spacecraft to cross the asteroid belt, which, by the way, is between Mars and Jupiter. Just wanted to kind of put that out there. There is a huge asteroid belt between Mars and the rest of the planets in our solar system. And Thank you. Then, sorry. There's also yeah. another one further out, which we'll talk about as well. So we have okay. two kind of rings of material. I just want to thank be very you clear. for that refresher because I definitely needed that because yes. I knew <laughs> that there was an asteroid belt. I just didn't know where, where they were. Yeah. yeah. So the first one is between Mars and Jupiter. So you have to get through th that's the other obstacle. So as if Jupiter wasn't difficult enough, you also have to get whatever spacecraft is going out there at least through the first one. And you don't know what it's going to encounter, how large some of these pieces are. It's mm -hmm. massive. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you have to go out, go out even further than that to something like Pluto, now you have to get through two. So context, crazy. So Pioneer 10 was the first one to cross the belt and then it flew past Jupiter and just kept going. <laughs> so it just, you know, said hi and bye and just kept on going. Uh, 1979, Voyager 1 and 2 discovered Jupiter's faint rings, which is why we know that they're there, and then several mm -hmm. new moons as well as volcanic activity on Io's surface, which we discussed earlier. Uh, 1992, Ulysses swung by Jupiter on February 8th, 1992. The giant planet's gravity bent the spacecraft's flight path southward and then away from the ecliptic plane, putting the probe into a final orbit, Sag, that would take it over the sun's south and north poles. 
So it yeeted that thing. <laughs> wow. It said, absolutely not. You take your butt right back home <laughs> and get out. <laughs> so moody. I know. It's extreme. I guess he is the king of the Roman gods. So it, it kind of fits. Yeah, I don't know. Makes sense. <laughs> 1994, astronomer, astronomers. Astronomers. <laughs> I just don't care. Astronomers. <laughs> Observe as pieces of comet Shoemaker Levy 9 collide with Jupiter's southern hemisphere. So had a comet, ran right into the planet, and apparently that was significant enough for us to record it in 1994 because <laughs> we just nice. saw it happen. <laughs> uh, 1995 to 2003, the Galileo spacecraft dropped a probe into Jupiter's atmosphere to conduct extended observations of Jupiter and its moons and rings. That's all they had. I have no idea if that was successful or not, or how much data was returned. Um, in the 2000, uh, specifically, so it's still within that time frame that they just discussed, Cassini makes its closest approach to Jupiter at a distance of approximately 6.2 million miles, 10 million kilometers, taking a highly detailed true color mosaic photo of the gas giant. So if you see the pictures... It's huge, and it probably originally came from Cassini, which is really fun. Cool. Um, 2007, images taken by NASA's New Horizons spacecraft on the way to Pluto, fun times, show new perspectives on Jupiter's atmospheric storms, the rings, volcanic Io, and icy Europa. So it kind of covered a lot in its transition. Um, 2009, on 20th, 20 July, they do the dates like Europe. Uh, almost exactly 15 years after fragments of comet Shoemaker-Levy slammed into Jupiter, a comet or asteroid crashes into the giant planet's southern hemisphere. So they already had one. It got one smushed. It got <laughs> smushed yet again. So insane. Uh, 2011, Juno launches to examine Jupiter's chemistry, atmosphere, interior structure, and magnetosphere, uh, which is the one that we talked about in the first half. And... Um, Juno is still currently active. So in 2016, uh, it arrived on Jupiter, started con to conduct its in-depth investigation of the atmosphere, that structure and its magnetosphere, and also sent back clues for its origin and overall evolution. And it's still happening as far as I'm aware. I don't know its longevity okay. <laughs> at this point. Um, but that it just says current missions or active missions and Juno is the only one really. <laughs> the other ones nice. are, the, the thing is the other pieces are as far as I could gather on the website, a lot of like Pioneer and Voyager, those mm -hmm. were sent as flybys almost because they were on their way to something else for a different mission further out, but gotcha. they sent back what they could and then kept going or <laughs> it got yeeted back to the sun. <laughs> right really aggressively just right back to front like past earth and just was like nope From whence you came and then beyond <laughs> <laughs> jupiter did not care no um so yeah that concludes jupiter i uh, hope you enjoyed the ride it was a lot and it still stinks in here wild what? just wild i i'm still stuck on the hydrogen i know ocean situation yeah, the chemical balance or imbalance, should I say, is just insane to think about. Yeah. Um, 
And honestly, I had a lot of fun with this one. I liked the other ones, but I feel like now we're getting into like the really interesting makeups. Yeah, the core right. Yeah, not to say that the other planets aren't interesting because they all have interesting information. We know so much about Mars, but this is insane. But like low key, Mm -hmm. they're just like rocks that are similar to our rock, and (laughs) we want things that are a little weird. I want a thick hydrogen water gas bomb. (laughs) With a magnetosphere that yeets things away from the planet. I want it to have rings. I want it to have like 80. This is like some child just came in and like made up Jupiter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It just gave it all the accessories. That's right. (laughs) Oh, well, anyway. Uh, If you'd like to suggest anything to us, or if you'd like to provide feedback, you can always do that at our many ways uh, of contact. One of which, if you're unaware, is our Gmail. That's MediocreContentPodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a tweet at MediocreSquawks. Also hit us up on Instagram at MediocreContentPodcast. And just to plug it one more freaking time connect with us over on twitch you got two days to make your twitch account to come hang out with us on our second stream pod and again that was june 15th so jump on it and then hang with us bi-weekly on those thursdays 6 p.m est 3 p.m pst and don't forget to rate us five stars anywhere you listen to podcasts we really appreciate it don't forget to tell us how fabulous we are all the time (laughs) because we know but we like to hear about it we do uh anything else for you blair before we throw them over to next week i don't think so uh i hope you guys enjoyed this pod and we'll hopefully see you on thursday yeah so excited um see you guys then i guess Cheers. cheers